This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, Automotive Aftermarket Peoples. It's Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. Hey, don't forget, we are on YouTube and we have been for, oh my God, years. 90 plus percent of everything we do is on video now. And by 2024, we'll be 100%. So if you love what you hear, you can actually watch us talking heads on our YouTube channel. Just look for Carm Capriato. Glad to have you here. I'm with a great friend of the industry. I would say most of my audience knows Barry Barrett, certified EOS implementer and business with a purpose who has done an incredible series on EOS with us in the past. Hey, Barry. Hey, Carm. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for bringing with you Jeremy Bates, president of Bates at BatesSecurity.com. Got on the website, Jeremy, BatesSecurity.com. I checked it out, found out a great second generation family business. We are. <laughs> By the way, the audience is probably saying, okay, I guess I'll turn this off. They're not going to talk about automotive and business acumen and all that neat stuff. But you can't turn this off because Jeremy's family business is no different than yours if you own a shop or you're a service advisor or a technician because Jeremy has technicians, he's got salespeople, he's got everything we have. And one of the points that my great friend Barry wants to make is it just doesn't matter what kind of business you have, they all share on the same challenges. Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-bay working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, did you know that Napa Tracks has on-site training plus six days a week support? It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Let us prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Find Napa Trax on the web at napatracs.com. Barry, I just want you to start this thing off and have people realize that not every business has its own unique problems or issues or challenges or upside. It's exactly right. I grew up, I cut my teeth in the automotive repair business. And now I don't have a lot of automotive repair businesses that I work with because I'm not a consultant. I teach a system. And now there's a lot of automotive repair businesses that use the system that I teach. And it is agnostic to all businesses and because it's a system. It works. It's just like your operating system on your computer. It just runs the processes, the runs the other apps, if you will. I've done 361 sessions. Bates was actually my 300th session, yeah. which yep. we had a good size celebration. My wife brought cake and Jeremy and his family and his business helped us with that. And it was an honor. I was super glad it was Bates. And as I'm working in, through these businesses, I'm realizing that there's technicians in every business, there's salespeople in every business, there's suppliers in every business. And just like our kids, we all think our kids are special, but only to the parents. And we all think our businesses are special, our industries are special, but it's only special to us. I was talking about Jeremy just went to a security expo. A security expo. Well, yep. we go to these automotive expos. Yep. And I said, I'll bet you people at your expo said, you know, in the security business, you know, it's different than every other business. And at the automotive expo, we say, well, you know, automotive is different from any other expo. And when we hear, well, I'm in the wrong business. And I've never heard someone say they were in the right business. 
But after going and knowing 600 EOS implementers, and we've got over 15,000, I actually think it's almost 20,000 companies running on EOS now. We all get together at these our, our EOS quarterlies and we say, every business is about the same. And we just get to see the inside business of many different businesses. I think I have 25 clients right now. Jeremy has referred me to almost a fourth of my people come from Jeremy's recommendation, which is very cool. So thank you, Jeremy. He's a raving fan of EOS. He kind of likes me, but he's here because I want Automotive World to listen to someone who's in the security business and you're going to hear your business and his story. And if you'll really listen to his story, he's a second generation and they have one of the healthiest businesses that I have ever been around and not just financially because they're healthy there too, but more importantly, they're healthy with culture, which create financial health. So that's why I wanted to have Jeremy on here to have a genius teaching the other geniuses. Barry, you just mentioned the C word. And you have a very famous quote from Peter Drucker that ex- pretty much explains that. Culture each strategy for breakfast, right? Peter Drucker. And it just does. And But if you have culture and you have strategy, you can't lose. We talk about culture a lot on our show. And it's amazing how many small businesses, and, and Jeremy, just to set the table straight, there's an awful lot of four or five employee, small, very successful shops that have had to realize, and I think part of how they got to the culture piece is they realized that they were in charge of all these families that they had to feed inside their business. And I just recently was speaking to someone that says, okay, listen, if you care so much for your family, you're doing all of this for family, stop and think about the importance of the family that's inside and what can we do for them to lift them up and to give them the kind of career that they will want to retain and stay at. So thank you for having, if you will, an underlying story here about Culture Berry, because I don't think we can talk about it enough. Jeremy, wow, how exciting. Family business, second generation mom and dad are still with us. And when I read a little bit about Sonatrol, I remember Sonatrol being here in Buffalo. Do you own Sonatrol or just own a few of the franchises? We own uh, two franchises with it. That's how my parents got started in the business is is through Sonatrol. Cool. And you, of course, created Bates Security. And kind of, would you duplicate the Sonatrol model in bait security? You know, it's uh, interesting. So Sonatrol has some unique technology and features that every other security company, including Bates, does not have. What we learned from the Sonatrol is just how you go about business and the type of service that you provide. A full service culture, which plays a lot into our family culture, our culture here at the business. So when we realized that that was really what made Sonatrol successful in today's market, and we knew that we were wanting to go outside Lexington, Kentucky, which is where we're based, we wanted to create a brand that we own that we could take into other markets, which is how Bates came along. It's so interesting to see the different cities that you're in. When I scoured the website, these are, what would you classify, branches? Yes, sir. So we're in five branches and two in Kentucky and three in Florida. And we ended up in Florida. So if you read some of the story, you saw how my mom and dad got started in this business in Dallas, Texas, and moved their two sons kicking and screaming to uh, Lexington, Kentucky back in 1984. And we've been growing the business ever since. But my brother wanted to have kind of his own experience where he was starting something from scratch. So he 
relocated. He and his family relocated to Jacksonville, Florida, the back end of the company. And that was our first branch that we started. And that's how we ended up getting on Florida. I love the whole family idea. I came from a family background. I sold my business to a really great family. So I get this. And sometimes it's so difficult to create a healthy family business operation. What's your secret? A lot of hard work, of course, but it starts with the family business. The company was started by the Miller family back in 1969. Parents bought it in 84. And my brother and I grew up at it from middle school, high school through college. And it was a small, probably 10, 15 person company. I need to get that number. But we've grown since then. But our success, I think, lies in the fact that it is a family-owned and operated business. And my dad was adamant and supported by my mother that we would not be given just our responsibilities or salaries or anything like that unless we earned it. So I think a lot of family businesses uh, get into a lot of problems when they don't have those expectations for the second and third generation. So I'm second generation. My brother and I we had to earn the trust of our uh, parents. And we worked up. Uh, I think my first official job was being the uh, weekend janitor. And you know, cleaning restrooms in the office and trying to earn some extra money, like chores. So I think the crux of it is is having a good family business and then surrounding yourself with good quality people that are similar to you. So we have a good family. I'm proud of them, and we have good, awesome, super fantastic extended family. Barry, I don't want to get in your way because I know you got a lot of things you would love to steer this dialogue. But Jeremy, where'd you find Barry? So my brother had come across this book called Traction. I think we all know about it. And you know, put it on his bookshelf and yeah, there you go. So we didn't do anything with it. But then yeah, he ended up moving back to Kentucky after he got us successfully launched in Jacksonville and got the entire senior leadership to read it. And we're like, you know what, we really want to do this, but we don't, you know, how many times have you gone to a conference and you hear all these great things and or you have a speaker and you hear all these great things, you should do this, you should do that. And then you get back and you get in the thick of things with work and you don't do any of it. So a lot of our success over the years has just been through sheer force of nature, right? Just making it happen. And we've reinvented ourselves a couple of times, but we're getting to the point where it was just hard, right? So Brian brought up this book, we read it and we're like, if we're going to successfully implement this, we need to hire a pro. So, you know, Googled the website, looked it up and a lady there got me on the phone with Barry Barrett. I wanted somebody with business experience and that could come in and handle me and my brother. And, you know, we like to have a little fun and tease and, you know, all that stuff is very nose. So, you know, I wanted somebody that could command the respect of my team and help us, you know, take this seriously. So we knew ourselves, Carm, we knew that if we were going to be successful with EOS now, almost, well, it is over two years now, Barry. But, oh, yeah. Uh, if we were going to be successful with it, we knew that we had to have somebody like Barry. What I know about Barry is he will let you have fun up to a limit because Barry is this fun yet very disciplined guy. He knows the mission. He knows what he wants to get done. But don't get too loose on Barry because if not, he'll lasso you to get there. Am I right? Oh, yeah. But now, in fairness, I've had to lasso him a couple times, I think. It is true. Oh, my God. I just learned something new. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeremy has this very no-nonsense when it comes down to it. Jeremy will call you out very directly. And that's what I love about it because we get each other. It's this give, push, pull. Now, Jeremy is a visionary trapped in an integrator's body right now. And so we're going to, we're IDSing that to solve that. But 
we have this, and I'm telling you, he's, he's one of my favorite people because we are similar and we can push and pull. And the problem with them is it's so exciting in the room that I get caught up. And his brother, Brian, <laughs> now we are really alike. Oh, yeah. And Brian's a salesperson. We're sales nerds. We've read Zig. We've taught Tom Hopkins. And we'll start nerding out. And Jeremy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not a sales seminar. Yep. And he tightens it up. And so we're like, yes, sir. He actually, and, and I, I say this every time in front of you, but he said this is my favorite thing to me. And neither one of us remember what the circumstances were. And I had said something, I asked a question or, and he said, well, this is early on, like yeah. probably meeting number two. And he looked at me with this look of disgust. And he said, well, who are you? <laughs> and I go, I was just asking a question. <laughs> You make me sound like this bad guy, Barry. <laughs> no, no. It's this, he just wants to know what you're talking about. And then once you clarify it, you're friends again. Not that you weren't friends in the first place, but then he lets you off the hook. So I love what you said about me, but Jeremy is cut that way. And that's what I love. That's why we work together. Hey, Carm here. And remember, if you earn your living in the automotive aftermarket, then Apex is for you. And I've got great news. Registration for Apex 2023 is open and there's an early bird deal until June 2023. Register for only $40. The very special space inside Apex is Joe's Garage and it's growing strong with special displays from our industry's best companies. You'll find working bays with the latest in equipment and tools. And Apex just finalized the training schedule for owners, technicians, and service advisors. Apex will have the industry's top classes and trainers in a new setting this year. Each year, the classes sell out. So get signed up at aapexshow.com. And a highlighted Apex is meeting top industry execs ready to talk with you about your business needs, parts, programs, and tools. Also plan on spending time in the garage with the 10 working bays and the latest diagnostic tools, shop management systems, tire servicing, and demonstrations from the best tool and equipment companies. So plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Head to aapexshow.com and I'll see you there. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napa Tracks offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napa Trax is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Jeremy, I have to dig deeper into the force of nature. Every once in a while, we all get a wanna-do moment. W-A-N-N-A-do. Wanna-do. And we need something. Either we're, we don't listen to our intuition, we don't see the world around us, we're looking through the wrong kind of glasses. Describe to me what force of nature means to you. Maybe someone will say, 
I got that and I'm not implementing enough because I'm not listening to my force of nature. Possible. Yeah. So I'm driven to succeed. My brother is driven to succeed. So we both come up through the sales side of our business. And back then I was in charge of, you know, just me succeeding, right? When I was just a salesperson. And then our responsibilities started growing. And, you know, Brian came in, into the sales side of the business and we we're growing. And then I started getting exposed to the rest of the security industry and seeing other companies. And I'm like, I want to be like that. I want that. I want what they've got. Mm-hmm. And, and I say I, because it's not just, I don't mean just me, but you know my team. I want our family business to have that type of uh, recognition. And there's this thing called the SDM 100. And I wanted to get onto the SDM 100. And the first time we got on it, we came in at number 98. And we've been working our butts off and we, we applied to get on there. We came in 98. The next year we dropped to 99. And then we've kept growing since then. And we're now number 32. Barry, I don't know if I had told you that, but we got ranked at number 32 as we've grown our company. So a lot of that was done through sheer force of nature. So, you know, we have a lot of peers in the industry. We've been part of three different peer groups. One is brand new, so that doesn't count, but two different peer groups over the years learning best practices because it's, there's nothing unique, right? It's, it's all up here. I, we hear great ideas and a good friend in the industry calls it R&D, rip off and duplicate. And so we all R&D off each other, right? And it's just going home and putting those things in practice. But the challenge is when you have success, problems come with that, you know, growth. I've had some, and like, why in the world are we having these issues, right? We just, what worked five years ago doesn't work today. What worked a year ago doesn't work today. Sometimes even six months ago. So sheer force of nature, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, we were just making it happen through good work ethic, educating ourselves, but did not have any type of tool like EOS, an entrepreneurial operating system, not software, but an operating system to say, hey, there's an easier way to do this instead of having to make it just sheer force of nature, making it happen day in day out. Would you be where you are today had you not implemented EOS? Knowing who we are, I think we would have, but probably maybe not as, you know, we, that we just started our journey just over two years ago. And I think we probably got where we are today quicker. I think we would have eventually gotten there with probably a year or two years or something like that. But I think we've been a whole lot more miserable and not that we're miserable now, but, you know, my brother who can be the best, biggest skeptic about embracing something. He, he's like, I don't know where we would be without EOS. And we've always had a good culture and holding each other responsible and doing a lot of the things that EOS tells us to do. But it just, it all kind of crystallized and created clarity having the EOS model to work off of. So I think we are where we're at because of EOS. And I feel a lot more confident in where we're going because of EOS. I've heard Barry say in the past, that if you're the president of the company, but not the visionary and your role would be better as the implementer, which is exactly your case, Barry, which is what I integrator. love. Integrator. I'm sorry, the integrator versus the, you're the president, but you're the integrator. Your brother happens to be the vice president, but he's the visionary. This story is so good because I think it would help some of our people relate who want to be the integrator as the leader of their business. And they don't realize but they can be both. Is this true, Barry? Yeah. So front row seat, I've had a front row seat to this whole thing. And that's basically my job as an implementer is sitting on the front row, teaching the system and asking questions, facilitating, plugging what they want into the system, getting what they want out. So the earlier question with getting, where would you be today? They would, they, 
just who they are. Like they're going to get where they're at today eventually. But EOS has really helped them make some people moves that got them way faster than they did. One of them was Brian delegating and elevating the sales role. And then they have their best sales quarter ever. Right, Jeremy? Yep. Yes. Now, that's not because, well, do hire people better than you and free yourself up. But, but and Brian was helping him and train him to that sales role with the tools provided, EOS. And so Steve Jobs called the bicycle for the mind. EOS is the bicycle or I would say motorcycle for your business. And it just helps you get there faster, make those key moves. And then Jeremy goes to the EOS conference and has this aha moment. And I've been thinking of how we're going to do this and pour over it. And I actually got a chance to have another implementer's input and Jeremy and Brian and the implementer said something to me that I didn't expect him to say. I thought he was going to affirm what I was doing and he didn't. And I thought, well, there's an and conversation here and I've been thinking about it. And And I think Brian's a good visionary for new ideas, but Jeremy's this unbelievable visionary for understanding where we're going 10 years out. And so there's an and conversation that I'm finding a new understanding of EOS myself with. And so working with these types of businesses, you grow as a coach because I can't, by definition, consult for them because I don't know their business. And so I found myself getting in the way of automotive repair because I had my own ideas that were not right for their business. Talk to Judy Zimmerman about how she got so much more because I didn't give my opinion about what she should do. I asked her team, hey, what should you guys do and plugged it into the system there. So then let's go to the culture. They already had a great culture before I showed up. So don't let me tell it. But what we did was identify those core values that they already had in their business. And now they've crystallized that. And now they're actually making hiring, firing, rewarding, recognizing and reviewing decisions around them. And there's a system that everybody agrees on. And it's not just Jeremy understands what they are. It's not this into the ether decision, it is actual one plus one equals two, and they're able to make decisions at a scale. But they were living their core values before Barry Barrett ever showed up. That's why they're so good. Is the challenge of finding core values, Barry, in companies as an EOS implementer, your, one of your biggest challenges? No, they're easy. That's the easiest thing I do is discover their core values because they already exist. And companies that will invest in something like EOS generally have a shared core values and they're really good. Because remember, core values are not good or bad. They're your values. A con artist has core values. They just break principles. Principles are different than core values. Natural laws are different than core values. Core values are what you believe. And so Mother Teresa had core values. They lined up with principles and natural law. Con artists don't. So you can have core values. And let me tell you something. You look at your people. That's actually who you are. You complain about your people. I never hear complain about their people. Bait security. They don't. Because when they have somebody that doesn't share their core values, they're gone like last week's paycheck. Well, I wouldn't say we're that perfect, Barry. But But it's a work in progress. They make people moves now. And it would have taken them longer to make those people moves because Brian was not going to give up sales anytime soon. Right, Jeremy? Right. I mean, he wasn't. But after he got to the point, he's like, oh, well, if we want to go here, we need to have 
Danny in that role. Mm-hmm. And then we IDS that. We didn't just say, okay, bring on Danny. We had a discussion and did it the right way. Because when you make people move the wrong way, you're going to mess up. You go slow to go fast. Was Danny ultimately the right choice then? Yeah. I said with zeros on the end of it. He was a great decision. You know, several years ago, my brother and I decided, you know, dad was backing up a little bit and we're like, you know, we need somebody in the business here to make day-to-day decisions. And dad's like, well, I'm just a phone call away, but like, yeah, but you're not here. Right. And that was before teams and all this other stuff. And so we made me operations manager. And then we ended up actually saying, you know what? Brian is going to be in charge of sales and I'm going to be in charge of operations. I come from the sales background, so I know what he needs. And uh, interestingly enough, my brother actually was a full-blown technician at one point and installation manager before he got into sales. So he knew what operations needed. And we decided that we were going to split up the business. Dad didn't give me accounting yet. He wouldn't let me take over accounting yet. And then Brian and I decided that no matter what, we were going to pay each other the same. We were going to be equal about all of that. And then so over the years, we grew up the company, matured it, and got to the point where we, less than a year ago, the visionary seat was open. And theoretically, it was, it was my dad, my brother, and I. We were the visionary you know, collectively. And Brian was in the sales seat. I was in the integrator seat, or am. And then we finally started realizing, hey, we've got a guy that can sit, take over the VP of sales seat, our sales seat, and then allow Brian to take on the visionary. I mean, he's doing some visionary stuff, but we're still doing some things like giving him some rocks. I mean, it's you just can't pivot perfectly. But Danny does not have the distractions of ownership, does not have the distractions of debates. He doesn't, he can't second guess everything. I mean, he can obviously, but you know, he's a very trusted part of our team. But he has one goal in mind, and that is one thing in mind, and that is to grow the business. And my brother and I are very conscious, you know, we can get in the way. We get so many things on our desk. Barry accuses us of overthinking, which I think we do. So I'm probably overthinking that just the way I told you that. But Brian and I can get in the way. And not because we want to get in the way, or we're, you know, but we can unintentionally and detrimentally slow things down. Danny doesn't have that distraction. He has gotten all the sales seats filled. He's getting training done. He's getting more done. Brian's very good, don't get me wrong. But he's getting more done because he's focused 100% on just doing sales. And then so hopefully over the next year, we'll really, really be able to take advantage of Brian and his visionary. All this super relates to what we do in our industry. There's no doubt. Jeremy, are you happy in your role? (laughs) I am happy when I took over my role. So I also sit in the chief marketing officer, you know, the person in charge of marketing. Because I told my brother, I said, look, I got to have something fun. And, you know, he got sales. And I'm like, I've got to have something fun. So I do that probably sometimes. My marketing manager, she reports directly to me. But technically, I sit underneath Danny on the accountability chart. But I think on the other stuff, I do struggle with things because uh, I'm good at getting things launched. And then I'm good about moving on and just think that everything's you know getting taken care of. And then a problem pops up. And what do you mean we're not doing that? So both of us in visionary type roles or you, know, you can't afford it all overnight. So you know, reality does dictate things sometimes. But I am happy because one of our part of our core focus is building a great company while enabling personal success. And Karm, man, we have so many cool success stories. Our different team members, people that, you know, longest term employees almost 37 or 38 years now, his success story, we've got probably 36 more that I could probably rattle off to you if you gave me the time, just off the top of my head. But it's just so cool to see our people succeed. And I can't have a successful business unless they succeed. And 
of course, helps them be successful if they have a great company to work for. So, so anyway, yes, I'm happy. Yeah. I got a chance to sit in on half of his core values speech last quarter. He does a core value speech every quarter because that's EOS. And they call out their people and what they're doing well and how they're lit these individuals, right? And every quarter, they're different individuals that they call out. So they're cultivating, they're calling people out, right? I don't often quote Napoleon Bonaparte, but when I do, it's this one. No one would give up their life for money, but they happily do so for a bit of yellow ribbon, right? I was in the Marines. I'm like, people would die for the ribbon, but not the money because they don't pay you much. And I don't want to get away from this conversation because I know what everybody's thinking. Well, you've trained salespeople, but what about technicians? Jeremy, what have you guys done to be able to train technicians at that scale and have technicians that aren't what we call prima donnas? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, it's having our core values in place. And so our core values would not tolerate a prima donna and is probably the biggest thing, right? But we have gone through, so I've got five locations with one that has 30 technicians. One has got five technicians, the smallest amount. And they're servicing all kinds of different systems out there. I guess it would be similar, you know, a technician at an auto repair shop servicing many different types of makes and models, right? So it can be very, very challenging. And part of our growth model, most of our growth is organic where our salespeople go out and sell it. And we install it, but you know, we've had a good amount of growth through acquisitions. So we've taken over other security companies' systems, and which means other technologies most of the time that maybe we would not have sold ourselves. So core values, being very deliberate. We do offer good wage for our technicians. We do reward them. We're giving recognition constantly. We struggle just like everybody else does trying to attract good talent. Retention of talent seems to have gotten much better. We just had a guy give his notice a couple of weeks ago. And then I found out yesterday he's actually wanting to come back. So the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And I mean, I could, again, I could get into a lot more detail about what we do, but a lot of it's just having the right person that fits your core values, make sure they good. You know, another thing we've done is, is we've given up on trying to hire technicians, right? I'm not going to, we're no longer waiting for the night in shining armor to come through the front door and say, hey, I'm here to save the day give me a system to install or go fix. We are some of our best technicians talking about personal success stories are the guys. And we have actually one young lady who's a technician. So I shouldn't say just guys, but some of our best success stories are the ones that started and knew nothing and have become key technicians. They had the work ethic. They had the desire to succeed. If you've got those two things, I'll teach you. Collectively, we'll teach you how to be successful in our business and we'll reward you appropriately and fairly. Grow your own. That's what we know we need to do in our industry is to grow our own. If you are listening and you are saying to yourself or out loud to someone else or saying it out loud to yourself, well, security is not as hard as cars. You are missing the point because you are wrong because I've had the front row seat to both industries. It is hard at either side, if you're making that point to yourself or to someone or out loud, you are lying to yourself. You are making excuses and excuses, as we know, are the crutches of the uncommitted. You know, yeah. I, had, I had a guy call me today. Off, He's listened, listened to all seven parts of our show on EOS, Carm, and he's a technician and he started his own mobile business because the dealerships he's working for 
not treating people right. I mean, how many times can we hear that's how people start their automotive? He doesn't have the money. He reached out to Chris Cotton and me. He said, I want to thank you because you and Chris are the only ones that's returned my call. And I'm like, hey, coaches, let's go. Now, I've got a meeting with him on Friday. It's not my target market. I'm going to tell him to call Chris. And that is the culture of doing the right thing. Help first. I'm going to help. I said, man, I'll help you for an hour on Friday, but I'll help you as far as I can. And part of my help was like, you need to hire Chris because he can teach you how to start that business. I don't do that anymore, right? And so I love that Chris reached out to him. And But the thing is, is that technician wouldn't be looking to start a shop if he were happy where he were. We've got reluctant entrepreneurs that start their business. They're like, I have no choice. I can't get treated well. Yeah, because it's not in their core nature and or their culture to continue to work in that kind of environment. You're so right. Everything I seem to hear coming from Jeremy is an identical parallel to the challenges that we have inside of our industry. And think of startups that want to get involved in coaching like day one, minute one. It's just so exciting to me. It's almost like the eight years we've been doing this 1200 plus podcasts, drill the hole, get the funnel, put in more brain cells, and all of a sudden we're smarter and we make better decisions earlier. When I think of the different technologies, Jeremy, and I think of all the different systems that are out there, and I think of, and I'm trying to compare it to our industry, you know, get your brakes done here for $99 or the old 1995 oil change, the stuff that you see coming at you in digital media, TV, radio, internet. And I think of, in your industry, all the ads that I see almost every day for your own personal, set it up, hook it to Wi-Fi, and you are happy. And I can't imagine how you have to deal with that sitting across from a customer who's saying, what do you mean I just can't get a, what are you talking about? You got to run wires? What do you got to do here? Is that your biggest, is your biggest challenge fighting? What's the generic, quick, fast, down and dirty? Sure. You know, that is one segment of the security industry. And so we're selling, so we're in the commercial and the residential market. What you're describing is typically the residential market. There's DIY, there's MIY, there's Lick'em and Stick'em systems, I'll call them. <laughs> and so, but there's literally companies out there that will hire people and they'll be installing security systems the next day, which is not the way we do it. And most of my peers, uh, well, my peers are, are not that as well. I mean, uh, the residential wireless systems are perhaps the easiest systems to learn right quickly, but there is still an art, still a science to designing, to knowing what works, works, works really well, how to troubleshoot. But then you've got systems where downtown Lexington, I have an entire city block that I have access control and burglary and video surveillance systems and that we're controlling. We didn't do the fire system. I mean, that's part of the security industry too. But you've got multi-rise, very, very large buildings. Think of New York City, any downtown. I mean, the complexity of installing those type of systems is, it takes a lot of guys and gals that really know what they're doing, as well as their managers that, you know, helping out project managers. I mean, look, I know how to open a car door, get in and turn it on, right? But that's only the car that I drive. I don't know about other cars. I rate cars from time to time and I still get stumped. I had one where I push a button. Well, anyway, it was different from what I'm used to. And so I know nothing about vehicles, but I'm sure some stuff's easier, some stuff's more complicated. I'm sure it's even more complicated with computers as part of it. I'm going to get in trouble if I say any more. But security is not simple and it takes a lot of work. 
and a lot of hard work to do it and to do it right and to make sure the customer's happy. We talk about in our industry a lot, Jeremy, that you're entrusting us to keep your what, second biggest asset, your wheels, your life is safe and reliable. Wow. And I would have never thought until Jeremy was here that that's almost the same kind of discussion you would have with a person looking for a security system. You're looking for safety, paramount, and the reliability. And recently, this whole reliability thing, guys, has just piqued my interest. And I'm working with someone that we're going to do a show on network safety, security, and redundancy. Tell me that's not important, Jeremy. It's very important. We find ourselves doing a lot of IT work and we're working on networks all day long, right? So, uh, I mean, I... Pretty much anything I can sell you and install for you is involved in a network. And, and he talked about, you know, the four wheels. So, you know, Barry's home. Is it okay if I say where your company is? So oh, absolutely. Barry has a, uh, he and his wife, Nancy, have a very good security system. And people charge us with life safety, making them feel, making them have peace of mind while they're gone to work, while Barry's traveling, Nancy and the kids are at home. Or dancing barrier traveling and they're keeping tabs on the kids. Mm-hmm. So that's the residential. And then you take it to businesses. You know, we've got fire systems, security systems, you know, making sure that the place has good protection. If there's a fire, we're calling the fire department video to help business owners monitor what's going on. I'm sure many auto repair shops, auto businesses have camera systems and security systems, right? So we provide tools that are just as important and for business owners to make sure their businesses are being run properly. So yeah, it's pretty important. What do we need to know, Jeremy, for an EOS implementation that you did with Barry? I mean, and trying to encourage more and more inside of our industry to take this leap. I mean, I think you could read the book Traction and attempt to do it yourself, but I don't think you can get as far as you can get, as solid as you guys have become with it without really getting an, hiring an implementer. So I will tell you, our EOS journey has really been eye-opening. It's uh, created bandwidth and clarity. And one of the things I want to be able to do is one day step back and I know that I have the next generation in place and other iterations of management in place that can run the company for me. I don't have to be here all the time, right? But it gave us a true operating system. It's industry agnostic. It is something that can go be put in at every single business. And what 80% is goal is, Barry. But mm-hmm. as much as you can implement, it was all about being, we're going to hook, line, and sinker. We're not going to go try to recreate this will. I've heard Gina Wickman speak several times now. We've read Traction a couple of times now. I love the ecosystem of books that mm-hmm. are meant for businesses like I run, like your audience does. Good to Great is a great book, but you know what? I feel like so many of those books are, are written for Fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. or people you know, run these humongous businesses. And we get great nuggets out of them, but they're not really meant for me. And that's what I love about this. And then going and getting exposed to different speakers, my implementer, it's just, it's great. And then one thing I've also noticed is, oh, and it's stuff that once I know it, once my team knows it, my senior leadership team, we're... Passing that information along to our managers and then to their employees. And so it's self-perpetuating. But what's really cool, like at the conference last week, we heard three or four different speakers. And it's just none of it's unique information. It's like you hear these themes of EOS all over the place, right? I'm like, that's really... I've learned that in EOS. And that's true. Well, I'm already doing that because I'm doing an EOS. And so it's just... Every time now I'm listening to another motivational or educational speaker, what it's now doing, it's reaffirming 
things mm-hmm. that I've learned and that I've learned from Barry, that I've learned on my own, that we've taught our, ourselves. I, I know we have a quarterly coming up in, I think, two weeks, just under two weeks, Yeah, uh, our next quarterly. And there's going to be stuff in there that I've heard before, but it's going to click with me for some reason. Or it's it was so good, I forgot to keep doing it. And now it's a refresher. So I've done 360 some odd sessions and I'm learning something new because and I'm going to talk to another implementer. Oh, I stumped Gino Wickman <laughs> last quarterly. And I found something at the end of the book because I'm going back to basics. And he goes, I'll need to go back and look at my notes because I don't know why I put that there. Cool. Like, that's an incredible thing. And, and then we were IDSing, which is my favorite thing to do in EOS because identify, discuss, and solve. And I'm in the back of the book. And Carm, both of you have seen me get very passionate. Like Ron Whitey said, I knew I had the right to remain silent. I just didn't have the ability. <laughs> He's a funny guy. I was in the back of the room and I was like borderline yelling. And I'm like, you know, my wife says that people think I'm yelling right now, but I'm not. I'm just passionate. <laughs> and we took a break and I go out and he goes, you were on fire in there. And that's like Michael Jordan being like, you played some good basketball out there, right? And it's fun, but you learn so much. Like he said, being in that community and it's like a cult when you go to the conference, right? But it's the good kind of cult. When you have a great leadership team and you say, well, who's going to be on my leadership team? If you had two or three people in your organization to lead and you have a great leadership team, you have the consultants in the room. You are the smartest operations person, the salesperson, the marketing person. You have the finance person. You have the leader. Those are your consultants. When you run on EOS, if you hired someone like me, it doesn't need to be me. Matter of fact, you can't hire me right now. I'm pretty daggone. Jeremy keeps me busy with his referrals for Pete's sake. The guy just refers like crazy. So I really have nothing to gain right now on this show. And so just listen to me. You're not here to gain. You're here to No, teach. I'm not. Hire your local implementer. Meet with them five times a year. You always need a coach. Trust me. I have a coach, Jeremy. You always have a coach, but you need to teach your leadership team how to be their own consultants and use a system, master the system so you can solve your own problems. Jeremy literally, he doesn't see me more than five or six times a year. And we don't even really talk between quarterlies, except for he'll shoot me a text and a funny text like the other day, the overthinking one. I said, well, you're a classic overthinker. The good thing is you hired a classic underthinker. So I'll let you not do that, right? So we have this relationship, but it's a very hands-off relationship because Jeremy and they know how to run their business. And if I can teach them how to do that, then I can graduate and then go, I can go teach someone else. And then you're actually helping people to know how to fish. Now, a lot of people, some people do keep me around forever. They just, they like, you like delegate and elevate Barry. We just like you to run our quarterly. So you're here for that. And I say, okay, I'm good with that. Yeah. I mean, you have been available. I mean, we've had a couple of tough issues that been Uh outside the quarterlies that I've called you up and so you've been great on that. But one thing I like about those quarterlies, it is great. It forces us a plan meeting. It makes us all five of us get out of our office, turn off the cell phones essentially, and talk about business, you know, working on the business. Mm-hmm. And so we were actually just talking yesterday, Barry, and about our so once we graduate, are we going to keep Barry? And I think the yeah. answer is yes, Barry. So uh, I know. There you go. But yeah. uh, and I'm good either way. He knows that because they're so growth oriented. I get excited. And then you're working with a great team. 
And here's the beauty. Jeremy knows this. If I show up and run a quarterly and he doesn't feel like he gets value, what happens, Jeremy? I get to keep my check. He doesn't pay me. Like, so I love that system because I have to show up with my A game or I might not get paid that day. Barry, you were talking to me. I've, I've heard you say this before. You don't want to be with someone forever as an implementer. You're two years in, Jeremy. You believe you're going to keep Barry for another year. Is this a yearly decision? And Barry, is there a point where, you know, if you've been somebody with somebody for four years, you're going to say, why can't they do this on their own? Are you going to say, are you going to fire yourself? I'll say, Jeremy, you guys are ready to graduate. What are we going to do? It's not that I don't want to stay around forever. I don't want to stay around. If you're quarter by quarter and you're just, your business isn't growing, you're stagnated. I will say, hey, either you need another implementer that will help you go. But if you just don't want to grow, I don't even know why you would need an implementer. What Jeremy's looking to take over the world. (laughs) So I'm happy to stay for 20 years. Gino's got clients that he's had for 20 years. That's the thing, right? It's like, I love to stay around, but... I see. So what basically what you're saying is if you want to be stagnant, you don't need me. But if you want to accelerate faster than rocket ship seven, then I'll be with there with you. Because here's the thing is, Jeremy, if you're running the meeting, you can't really participate. Even me, like when I we do our quarterlies in business with purpose, I do facilitate our own. It'd be crazy if I'm not, but it's very... I'm an expert do this every day. It's hard for me to participate when I'm running the meeting and I can at this point just run them without worrying, but I have to do preparatory work before that. So it's, it's just hard to be in the bottle and the system and understand at the same time. So that's the deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I'm coasting, why would you want to make that investment? You know, cause it's yeah. it is not an inexpensive investment, but it's every dime has been worth it. Yeah. Well, it makes all sense. I love this. I think this was a great episode bringing in a security individual who so parallels his business with our beer. You were 100% right to say, hey, Carm, you got to interview Jeremy Bates. And I would always trust any recommendation you make, but you, you knocked it out of the park. Jeremy, you knocked it out of the park. Yes, he did. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent job. Jeremy's getting his own podcast. Can you imagine a security podcast on how to uh, do business and fix an old 1983 ADT system? Hmm, I get it. <laughs> Well, the way to fix it is to call me and have me replay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. He is a salesperson. Barry Barrett, certified EOS implementer at Business with Purpose. And Jeremy Bates, president of Bates Security at BatesSecurity.com. And EOS integrator and maybe visionary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.